Welcome back to a special After Dark episode of Let's Get Trashed. Let's Get Trashed After Dark. It's nighttime, folks. Um, And we're bringing you the scariest or whatever (laughs) movie content. I actually don't know how you feel about this. You and I haven't talked about this. Yeah, we haven't talked about it at all yet. None at all. So, um, but today... Oh, I don't even have any details. I can't even be like, today we're reviewing so-and-so's smile. I don't even know who directed this. Well, we have the power of the internet. Yeah. We can, I even took notes, and I don't have the director here. I so. did see... So I went to see it at Alamo Draft House last night, less than 24 hours ago. <clears throat> and uh, he popped up on the screen with the star, and they were doing one of those, uh, thanks for coming to the movies... They did that when I saw it too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I also saw it at Alamo. Oh, there you go. Like yeah. last week or something. So, um, yeah, that's that's more and more common. Uh, obviously, Tom Cruise did that in, before Top Gun. Apparently, Nicole Kidman's been had filmed something like that for AMC theaters. Nicole Kidman, yeah, she had this this uh, now has been parodied several times. Uh, Is it fun? Is it like short little? Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's just kind of awkward. Really? Um, I've never seen it. It's funny. Yeah, I've never check been, it out. I've never been to an AMC theater. Uh, you know, I don't know I'm where. I'm trying to think if I've been to an AMC. I think I have been to an AMC. Man, they all they're all the same though. I mean, yeah. you're in a big room. You're watching a movie. Sure, I don't expect that part to be different. Although they're not all the same. I had to stop going to Regal Cinemas. Oh yeah, because they don't turn the darn lights off. Uh, yeah yeah they do yeah sometimes if you're sitting like right under one and yeah. it's like just shining down on you the whole time and i like sitting on the aisle i don't like to get in the middle of the theater i just like the aisle they have these you know they have these running lights these like lamps all across the top which most movie theaters do that's how they light them but good movie theaters turn them off but regal <laughs> doesn't and I've, I've even gone to the manager i was like why are the lights on i'm trying to watch a i'm trying to watch a fucking movie here guy and it's just Oh, we don't ever turn those lights off. <laughs> like, okay, well, I'm never coming back. Wow. Okay. You heard it here. Yeah. I can't, you know, I don't want to watch anything in the daytime. I feel that. I don't want anybody to see me by myself at the movies at <laughs> one in the afternoon. Yeah. That's where, that's, that's my quiet place that I go yeah. to, to be alone and, and in private. <laughs> yeah. I got, you know, how else am I going to sneak in three separate flasks full of whiskey? <laughs> And my own. How am I going to get drunk in the middle of the day watching Bridesmaids? <laughs> the Bridesmaids director's cut <laughs> with, you know, so I can, and also so I can eat peanut butter M&Ms, which they don't sell at the theater. No. Um, yeah. Parker Finn wrote and directed Smile. So he is a. Uh, I have not heard of this guy. I've never heard of him either, which means let's find out what else he's done. If anything, again, horror is a pretty uh, good genre to like get your first you know, big hit on. Let's look at his all filmography. He's directed three things, Smile and two short films, which I've never heard of. So this is his first feature. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. It was it was uh, very competently done. <clears throat> I think it's, is it a hit? I think it's probably a hit as far as reception, box office stuff, what people are enjoying about it right uh yeah it's got like uh i'm seeing here 79 percent on rotten tomatoes which is pretty good yeah for especially for a horror movie um 
my roommate told me that it was the scariest movie she's ever seen, and uh, I can certainly empathize with that. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty scary. It's got some great scenes. It has a couple of um, it has a couple of really good scenes. I think that like kind of elevate it. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the scenes in this, most of the scary scenes in this, I think were a little bit more run of the mill. Um, well, I will say, and this isn't, you know, this isn't spoilers yet, but I'll say right off the bat, off the top, it's jump scare heavy. Oh, yeah. It's heavy on the, they're putting a shocking thing on the screen to make you jump. Or they're doing that thing where everybody in the theater is, you can clearly, you think they're about to do the jump scare. Yeah. You're expecting, like, as soon as this camera turns to the left, there's going to be something over her shoulder, and we're going to jump. You're expecting it, and they just don't do it. They do, like, it, that, yeah, there's a, there's a um, you know, a, a, a slow pan, and the music gets, the music swells, yeah. and then it's, you know, it's nothing. The scene changes or something like that. Right. So they do that, I'm going to conservatively say 40,000 times in this movie. <laughs> One ver- It's either the actual jump scare or it's the fake out jump scare. So it's heavy on that. There's a lot of fake outs. It's it's heavy. It's heavy fake out. Um, which you're more of a horror aficionado than I am. I know. I do know that the jump scare is like, while kind of necessary, it's also a thing horror fans consider to be like. Is that cheap? What What are we? What, I think I think that there's you know there's fun ways to do anything. Uh, I think there's some really good jump scares. There's ways to do um, a jump scare. I think my favorite jump scare of all time is probably uh, from It Follows, um, which kind of relates to how I feel about this movie. But the uh, if you have you seen it, It Follows. I have not. Oh man, it's It Follows is uh, one of the movies that kicked off the art house horror like craze of the. Modern, of modern times in 2014 okay so it's only it's like eight years old then yeah yeah um but it's uh it's uh it's a it's a it's a great movie it's it's without going into too many spoilers or anything it's about a girl who um she's a, a teenager and she's with her boyfriend and they're about to have sex for the first time and she's really nervous uh and they do it you know uh and, but afterwards she's knocked out wakes up tied to a chair with this guy um, with her boyfriend with her boyfriend this like older college guy she's been seeing he's also tied up no no he's just standing there oh okay uh and he's standing there and he's like hey listen i'm cursed i'm followed around by this thing and it can look like anybody but it will follow me it follows me and it just walks slowly but it follows me all the time um interesting and now I mean, it's your curse because i got it from someone by having sex with them uh, oh, and he's like, you can have sex with someone and pass it on, but if it kills them, it's going to come back to you. Uh, and if it gets you, it kills you. Oh, okay. So right off the bat, first of all, two things that reminds me of, um, it's not even like a riddle. I don't think it's, I don't think it's a riddle. It's just one of those, uh, I guess thought experiments where it's like, if you had a snail, chasing you <laughs> yeah yeah like an you know, unkillable snail yeah, chasing un- you. an unkillable snail chasing you it's going slow it's going to snail's pace yeah but if it touches you it kills you so what do you do <laughs> i mean you, i guess you fuck you move to china for 10 years and <laughs> get it on its way then move back to wherever you want to live like you just got to avoid this thing 
yeah a, a, a philosophical story that probably comes to us from some redditor uh, yeah but yeah yeah like what do you do you're being chased forever by some sort of very slow moving thing so same thing uh seems like this curse is ch- chasing this person and then uh the other other aspect is you know kind of not fair because women can give away that curse a lot easier <laughs> the the st st demon yeah the st demon <laughs> I can't even I can't take credit for that phrase, but that's uh, that's what people connected to the the film have kind of unofficially titled the monster. From interesting. That film. That's very funny. Yeah, <laughs> a sexually transited uh, yeah curse is very very funny. Yeah, uh, but that is you're right. That is a similar. Yeah, the idea of passing someone like a chain, you know, passing something to someone else, and yeah, uh, which is a a theme in in this movie that we'll we'll get into in a little bit. But let's start. Uh, well, let's let's do another thing because you just mentioned it follows. I guess our protagonist is a is a woman in that. Yeah, I watched a movie earlier this year called Men. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, uh, a, a, a protagonist is a, a woman. I liked Men. It was a good movie. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was interesting. I didn't love the end. Um, but you know, and also the theme. It's kind of nail on the head. All men are the same. You know. We get it. Yeah. No, I mean, it was definitely not not very shy with its symbolism yeah, at all. Yeah. But it was still a good movie. I thought I still enjoyed it. Again, even as a guy that's not like, I'm more and more of a horror uh, viewer in my, you know, nowadays. As I seek out art house movies, and there's, <laughs> there's no other option for me. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, I just watched Bullet Train and I was just like... Ugh, I wish it was bullet into my brain <laughs> instead. Yeah, uh, that didn't look great. It sucks. That episode is already that episode's probably already out by the time this one comes out. So check out the Let's Get Trashed on Bullet Train with me and Clarence Riley the Fourth. But um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so as as there's fewer and fewer, uh, you know, artistic films that are like one off that aren't less. You know, horror is the only genre that's making these kinds of things making these types of stories that's in you know yeah yeah there's a lot of envelope pushing in horror and i think i think part of it is because like you can you know part of horror is pushing that envelope like yeah. doing things that sh- will shock people you know you know right or there's something you've never seen before <clears throat> um but women are are leading characters in uh a lot of, I mean, stellar horror films. Yes, yeah. Um, there's probably a lot of great and not so great reasons for that tradition. I'm sure. Yeah. You know? I mean, is it? It it could easily be. It could easily be like it's just it's scarier. You know what? I guess it's scarier if it's happening to a woman. Because if it's happening to me, if it's happening to a guy, <laughs> it's just like I don't even care, dude. Just guy with a guy with a knife in your closet, just come kill me, man. I don't even fucking want to do this. <laughs> But but it's easier to yeah you know, I guess we either primally or patriarchally feel bad for women when they're going through tough times. Yeah yeah I, you know it's a, it's a cliche um, and I think I think it's a cliche that that can get challenged like in fun ways you know like oh you know it's it's this this woman you know and she's she's being attacked but then she turns the tables you know and and there's a lot of great movies that kind of have that like twist on it. This movie actually yeah. does a good job with that too. I will say. I think so. I think I thought she was very. At no point did I did I consider her to be like a uh, a a damsel type character. Yeah, definitely. She's going through a rough time and she's not always handling it well. 
but who among us would? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, at no point is, is she like she needs somebody to rescue her. Or I mean, she does, but she doesn't. You know, doesn't know it. Uh, but she's also not like if I had to pick my favorite horror movie, it would, it would be The Shining, probably. Or also, I consider this to be a horror film, as do most people. This is not. I I, I didn't invent anything right now. The Alien. Yeah. Which that's that's the best like. That's the most badass like female protagonist in any film series ever is uh, Oh Ripley. Uh, yeah, it's Ripley. Yeah. You know. She's great. And Alien is I like bet I like Alien better than Aliens because it's Aliens is just machine guns and Interesting, killing yeah. you about the alien. Which again it's more fun. Aliens is way more fun. Yeah. But James, Alien but, is the more sort of Yeah, but James Cameron's a <laughs> James Cameron is a he's fun. He's yeah. he's you know, he's he sucks. Uh, but he's like a he, you know, he's an entertaining guy, whereas Ridley Scott also sucks, but he's so good at certain things, <laughs> and he has his he has great moments throughout his career. And Alien is one of them that's just like Alien is yeah I Alien. would say a seminal moment in his career yeah um and for horror too like big for horror yeah that was great uh so let's kind of set the scene uh Smile uh, a film that deals a lot with you know a lot of a lot of things we talk about in our modern day society, you know, a lot of buzzwords. It's very common to hear. It's not uncommon to hear people, to hear lay people talking about uh, psychological things and psychological tropes. And, you know, the word trauma is arguably the most overused word in our language now. Yeah. And this movie does nothing to abate that. <laughs> but um, it's kind of earned it it's all it's all it is a psychological kind of horror film and it's uh, starring our our main character is a psych ward doctor yeah yeah she's uh she's uh presented to us as somebody who um is obsessed with helping people yeah she's a workaholic uh, a workaholic psych doctor in a hospital so not even private practice she's not Fraser or Niles She's, uh, you know, she's in it working with like, e you know, emergency cases. And, and she's, uh, and they really, they really hammer it home that she could like make more money doing something else. You know, I think yeah. her sister mentions it to her early on in the, in the film and, you know, other people mention it to her throughout, but she's, she's, you know, I mean, she's probably still making plenty of money, but I don't know. She's she's clearly chosen something where it's more important to her, for her to be able to you know to to help people than it is for her to make money with. Her. Yeah. So we have a, we have a woman who's passionate about this career and it's and it's set up early on, and uh, not too long into it, they don't waste a lot of time. As a matter of fact, before the opening credits, before the opening title card, which yeah. is I didn't even expect to see a title card. So I, I actually kind of like that. But before the title card, we have our we have our inciting incident, which is our main character, whose name I've promptly forgotten. Um, what the? I will want to reference her in a second. Rose. Rose. Doctor Rose Cotter. Um, <clears throat> so, Doctor Rose, she has an emergency patient. The they bring a woman in off an ambulance. You know, she's she she witnessed. A uh, she witnessed something. She kind of went crazy. She she had like a, a a public outburst, right? She had a public outburst. That's what it was. Um, it was uh, she had a public outburst. She's having she's going through a tough time. She's having a meltdown, 
they uh dr rose takes her into the observation room or the 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 first communication room it's just two it's a couple chairs with a table in between and, and a vase let's in a very austere very calming room let's sit down and have a talk like what's going on yeah. how, let's 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 get you to a manage let's manage your uh, mm-hmm. your tension and emotion right now and then we'll see we'll address treatment plans but she's in the i'm trying to calm this chick down stage and then and the yeah, and the and the girl is I think she's like a what a college aged girl. Yeah, she's yeah. a college kid. She's she's going off basically trying to tell Rose that she's being hunted by some sort of entity. Yep. She's been seeing she's having vision. She's seeing a thing that is following her around and chasing her. And uh at some point, you know, it tries uh Doctor Rose tries to uh dissuade her of that notion um she the woman has a particular spasm just realized what that was (laughs) she freaks out and she's like screaming you know pushing backing up against the wall rose gets out of her chair runs over to the phone takes her eyes off her patient camera off the patient She's on the emergency phone. I need the uh, I need the whatever. I need the the stat cart. I need the I need some guys in white uniforms. I need some overalls to get down yeah, here quick. The, the burly men who, yeah. who work at every hospital yeah. who grab people. Yeah, I need the I need the dude with the straight jacket. <laughs> we have a we have someone who's gonna injure herself and maybe me and whatever. She turns back around. Her patient is no longer writhing on the floor. She's standing there with a bit of broken vase. From and, earlier, yeah, and she has a big smile on her face. Uh, one could say a very creepy smile. <laughs> they, I, I'm, I'm picture uh, when I saw that, and you know, I mean, you know, knowing what the movie is going to be about with all the creepy smiles, I was like, man, they had to. And when they're casting this movie, they're like, okay, smile Let your creepiest see. smile, like, yeah, a hundred percent. That was definitely part of the casting. It's like, let me see your, let me see. This movie is all about creepy smile monster thing let me see your big smile and it's like a scary smile with i need dead eyes i need that thousand yard stare eye too anyway this girl with a big smile on her face cuts her own throat in front of in front of rose they're looking at each other super graphic like very graphic they don't shy away from it which i appreciate it i you know they this woman's jamming, you know, it's a, it's a graphic film. It's jamming the thing in. They're not like, it's not panning over to the window with a spurt of, yeah, yeah. A spurt of blood into the frame. It's earn that R rating. We're doing it. it. Yeah, we're doing it. Um, and so now Dr. Rose, our protagonist has seen, has witnessed this thing. And it's, it's obviously a, it's a bummer of a day at her office. <laughs> and that's uh and that's when the title card comes yeah, up and then, you know and then we see smile <clears throat> um, and that that first scene is is very powerful yeah i thought it was really good um really good we also get to right after that we get a little bit more context uh in addition to being a you know hospital therapist she's also very particular about language so she's being interviewed by the two cops one of whom is future. Uh, we, yeah, we learn later is yeah, her ex boyfriend. 
uh, which is already not a you know she's already <laughs> she's already not happy to see him or the woman kill herself. Uh, but then of course the cops are, you know, cops are being cops, being like, all right, so this so what made her go crazy? And, and then of course you have to. I don't use the word crazy in my <laughs> practice. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. And it's like, come on, lady, you know what? You, you, that keep your keep your language to yourself. Just yeah. give me the information I need so I can fill my report out and get out of here. Yeah, well, you know, and and the funny thing is too, like the uh, about that scene is that she's not crazy. Yes, well, of course, we obviously we find the whole conceit of the horror film is that there actually is something. Yeah, yeah. Predating upon us. And it really and it yeah, yeah. I mean, you you'll see you it's great too because you know, you see you know, all all these horrible things that happen to yeah. to the characters in the movie. You can, you know, then later on be like, "Oh, they all happened to this girl before the movie even started," you know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that so that's the debate obviously in the in the world of this horror film, in the world of Smile, it turns out she's not crazy. But in the real world, <laughs> She would be. She would be. And yeah. maybe that's maybe crazy is not the medical term for it, but you know, either way, uh, that's that's the battle she's fighting, um, or she's she's a, that's a battle she's uh, want to fight, which is anytime somebody, anytime somebody uses casual language about mental health, she is quick to correct them. Yeah, which also in real life. It's not a very endearing trait, I got to tell you folks. <laughs> but that's just my personal stance. Um, I won't even say that it's official. Let's get trashed policy, like I knew, like I normally do with all my personal stances. Uh, yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, that's our that's our setup, and uh, she's having a tough day. Her boss, Cal Penn. Welcome back to the world of film, Cal Penn. Yeah, Cal Penn being in this or being in anything always always blows my mind this is the man who has done it all really at this point right from working at the white house yeah from going to harold and kumar to the white house to right. back to film what well, has he has he done anything i haven't has he done something more recently than this cuz when i saw him i was like i th- i thought this was his first I saw that going. Oh shit! He's back in film now. He's. Uh, I figured he because obviously so he left. He left the world of stoner comedy to go work in the Obama White House as like a youth outreach. Yeah. As if like again, how out of touch, you know, any administration is, but especially like the cool Obama administration is like kids are gonna love like let's get <laughs> let's get kumar let's get harold kumar yeah, yeah. Ku- if if kumar works for the white house they're gonna think that that's sick and we're definitely gonna get young voters on our <laughs> side um for years to come and obviously it uh failed to, that plans failed spectacularly for them in 2016 and and that's why uh, we blame cal penn for yeah, trump cal penn's fault <laughs> Um, official policy. Yeah, uh, we. Yeah, that's official. Let's get trashed. This is the official. Let's get trashed. We're blaming Cal Penn for Trump for the entire corner. Trump administration. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it it it's because Obama thought Cal Penn was way cooler than any young voter. <laughs> yeah, you know. You he's, know. You, he's you, cool in this. I mean, he's okay. 
he does a good job. He's he's always been a fine actor. He's funny. I've seen him in a couple sitcoms. He has some things here and there. Yeah. He was on he was on that hospital show. That's what he that's actually what he left. He was doing a hospital show. Mm. What's Hugh Laurie's a genius mean doctor. He's a genius. House. Yeah, House. He left yeah. House to uh halfway through that series run to go work at the White House. That's what he was. It Harold and Kumar had been already filmed and released before that. Um uh, nevertheless. Uh, he's back here. Pretty stable, authoritative figure. He's just the boss of the hospital wing. He's like such a chill boss, too. I love him. He's like, just like, uh, you think he's going to be a hard ass in the beginning. Then he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm I'm, cool. Yeah, he's, I mean, again, he seems like he's, what I did like about it is is he's pretty reasonable. Yeah. It, it seems like a realistic boss. He does care about his employees, but he also is like, look, you can't keep throwing uninsured people into the thing i gotta like i gotta every time you do that i gotta talk to the board so it starts off you could you could easily think oh he's an unthinking unfeeling whatever hospital bureaucrat uh and he is but he's also more than that which is which is what makes it realistic yeah because that every everybody in that position in real life does have to fight both those battles of like this hospital has to make money and yes obviously i care about people and want to help them but what am I supposed to do? I, I'm not the one that created private health insurance. Like, you know, um, <clears throat> so that was, yeah, he seems like a realistic boss. He was, he was fine in this. I think he could have been anybody, but he was, <laughs> it's fine. honestly a little bit distracting that it's Cal Penn. Like he's the one star. He's the only famous guy in the movie. Yeah. He's the most famous one in the movie. Um, there is, well, there are a couple of character actors. We'll get to that later. But there are okay. some some character actors who've been in, in a lot of other stuff. But uh, anyway, but yeah. So now we're at our at our thing. She's on. She's got to take some time off because she's she's not handling it well. And then the, all the symptoms that uh, our young victim at the beginning of the film exhibited or said she was exhibiting, now our protagonist, Doctor Rose, is also exhibiting. We're seeing. Uh, I'm seeing things. And I guess we'll, I guess from this point on, folks, we've given you a bit of a, bit of atmosphere. It's a very well done film. It's very pretty, uh, it's very pretty looking. It's not like too, I say the word filter on this show a lot because I hate when they just, <laughs> I hate when they just filter something and, and it all looks kind of the same color. All, all gray. Yeah, I hate gray. Um, It's always, it's always yellow for like. Mexico or anything that's kind of desert, they mm-hmm. do a yellow kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, um, I hate any kind of cheap stuff like that. I didn't notice any of that. It just seems like real. I mean, it's it's a little bit. It's, it's again, it's a little urban, so it's a, a lot of gray hospital buildings and asphalt. But they didn't do that to the camera. That's just where. That's just real life. Yeah, it was. Uh, it looked good. Um, I think it looked like. There's that. There's a trend, I think, too, in movies to have it like just be like filterless. Fo- focus on, you know, they have a lot of uh, scares in like bright environments here. Daytime horror. I know yeah, you're a big fan. I am absolutely. Um, another thing I will say, um, a lot of there's a lot of the one thing I was thinking in my head was like pull the camera back, but not in a bad way. I was just I was scared. I'm a scaredy cat. Folks. <laughs> But I was like, the camera's too close, and I know something's going to happen. It's a lot of close-up. It's a lot of, like, we're getting very intense mm-hmm. facial performances. 
even during that first interview scene mm-hmm, between mm-hmm. our our uh, the eventual deceased and our main character, it's just the camera's not pulled back. It's not The Sopranos where we have our therapist and we have Tony and they're both in frame from a distance. Mm-hmm. It's it's face it close up faces. It's close yeah. up dead on center face patient. Close up dead on center face concerned doctor back and forth a b a b it's just doing both of those which means both of these actors are performing directly into a camera which is tough and they both did it very well uh but it's tough it's very close it it makes you feel a little bit claustrophobic at least as far as being around the people it feels like you're uh, like an invasion of somebody's space mm-hmm. and then i guess another thing before we get into spoilers one little thing i noticed that was a camera thing uh, she's driving home after her traumatic day at the office and she turns, she's driving through country roads to her beautiful house in the country. Uh, and then the camera is following her car. And then as it goes down the road, the camera flips and it's almost like the whole world gets turned upside down. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it? That was a little on the nose. Oh man, dude, I, I, wow. I mean, I have, I'm, I'm going to go off on these upside down shots. There are at least three yeah. upside down shots in this movie and it is too much. It's too much. It's a little on the nose, right? Cause I'm watching it going, Oh my God, the whole, and then it pulls back. You can really see the horizon <laughs> and that goes far and it, it, it's like, Oh wow. The whole, her whole world is turned upside down. Huh? How about that? Way to. <laughs> yeah. My, this, this is beginning to betray my f- real feelings about this film right now. Um, but I think I saw that, that shot and I was, I had sort of grown to my head and yeah. I was like, I, I think I'm starting to, I'm starting to get a little worried about certain aspects of this movie. So that's cause that's the thing is let's be honest. <laughs> it didn't need it. We were all on board. We all understood that from an empathetic point of view we all understood that she's having a bad day yeah we, we know that something's around the corner that's going to make it even worse for her we can understand the 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 on the nose like her upside down tracking shot of her car <laughs> where the world literally looks like it's upside down it's sky on the bottom of the screen green if it if if, if that was the first time i was seeing that shot specifically in a horror movie i would be like oh whoa oh you're so i see so you're even coming from a place of it's cliche you've seen it a bunch i've seen it a lot oh they use it they use it in a lot of films um i didn't know that it's it's a popular shot for horror movies and it's a popular shot to let you know that the characters are now entering like a new part of the movie you know uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know something's happened and everything has changed and it happens so much. Uh, they do a wonderful upside down shot in the beginning of the um, the movie Devil, which is okay. an awesome, uh, like one room horror movie um, written by M Night Shyamalan. They do, yeah, not directed, written, but oh, it's, okay. it's really good. Interesting. Yeah, they do uh, a wonderful upside down shot in Midsummer. They do upside down shots in. Oh God, I, I had this. I had this written down somewhere, but. It's a it's a pretty common horror trope. It's a, it's a common in movies in general, but it's you see it a lot in horror and a lot specifically to say like, oh shit's real now. Yeah, we're into you know. Yeah. And there are at least three of them in this movie. It happened three times <laughs> that that I kept track of. It could yeah. have been more. It could have been more. But um, yeah, I don't remember. I've seen Midsummer. Uh, I didn't remember particularly that that exact shot, but um, 
It's when they're driving, they're on their road trip and they're first driving to meet before they do the mushrooms. Oh, so after they land in Sweden, they're, after they land. they're driving to their thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's a very similar shot because it's driving the car. Driving slowly, through country roads. And the, and the camera slowly The flips. camera's up above and then it follows it. And then <laughs> as the camera follows the car, it's now. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's exactly the, that's exactly the same thing. It's exactly that turning point. Of, <laughs> we go from real life to... Mm-hmm. this horrific experience yeah i mean it's a it's effective it's effective i mean that's why people do it yeah um but a little on the nose and definitely cliche okay well i've definitely found it on the nose and i'm not i like i said I'm, i don't analyze a ton of horror shots um but yeah that was that stuck out to me and then <laughs> uh i guess we should what should we well, because if we want to, we'll we're gonna do a little spoiler section now, folks. We're gonna go into spoilers just to talk a brief plot synopsis. I don't even think we need to go. Uh, maybe we kind of do. We're not gonna give too much of the plot away, but um, yeah. So from right now, if you're listening to this or watching this on YouTube, let's get trash on YouTube. Uh, go ahead and skip to. To avoid spoilers and I'll voice over so you'll hear the number skip to that time spot um <clears throat> okay yeah, well, you know we'll just we'll just play it fast and loose baby you know see Let's how it goes go into it so yeah uh turns out young woman early in the movie she was right there was something chasing her <laughs> well I think that I think that the way that they first start to reveal how this is happening uh in the film is actually really fun um because she learns that this woman uh, recently saw, witnessed someone kill themselves. Yeah, witnessed a suicide. Yeah. Um, uh, her professor beat himself to death with a hammer um, yes. right in front of her. And they show, you know, they show uh, a great, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll describe something and then, and then show a, a very grisly image of, of the aftermath. Um, yeah. Um, Set design, a lot of... There's a lot, we see a lot of photos and we see a lot of like dead bodies in corners of stuff like that, that were like placed there and a lot of photography, photography of that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. This, you know, almost diegetic photography of previous (laughs) events is actually really well done. Yeah. It's very blood. I mean, I don't even know how realistic, I don't know how much blood is in a human body if I'm being totally honest, but it looks great on film when you see a lot of this it's a perfectly acceptable thing not to know yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um the the yeah she's she's she she goes to visit the professor's wife um and she learns that he had this same idea of something following him um and on top of that she learns that he had recently witnessed someone kill themselves in front of him right um and so you start to get this idea even before the movie starts to, you know, explicitly tell you that this is a chain, that this is something that it's passed along and now mm-hmm. it's attached to her, you know, and at first she doesn't really want to believe it, but she's seeing more and more strange things. Right. So she goes to her police officer ex-boyfriend and asks him to uh, uh, look up. She's like, just follow this chain. This dude died. What 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 does the police report say? And Or this woman died. What does the police report say? And she's like... She killed herself a week before she was in another police report witnessing a man kill himself. Here's the footage. And again, it's a dude with a big smile on his face. 
Yeah. Cutting his own throat right in front of this woman. <laughs> good scene, too. It was pretty good because that's all security camera footage. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of cool. They zoom in. Zoom in on his face. And it's he's smiling just like her dead patient. Um, and then it turns out, who's this guy? If you keep following it back. So cop, cop boyfriend's on the case. He's following it back. He finds like 20 of these. Yeah. Like going back and. I mean, uh, 20 weeks, basically, because the, the, the gestation period is about a week in this. Yeah. Yeah. They Well, so we're told. What does he tell her eventually? Like, no one's made it longer than a week. No, one's made, it's between four days and a week. Yeah. Yeah. Is the is the gestation period from when you see a suicide to when you are committing your own. And um, so that's kind of the whole that's kind of the whole thing. There's one guy that broke that chain. They go to talk to him. And find out what what did he do differently? And of course, while all of this is happening, too, she's she's sort of having a breakdown. Um, and the people in her life, basically everybody in her life except for her ex boyfriend, is convinced that it has something to do with this past trauma that she that is hinted at throughout the film. Right. Well, in addition to her current trauma of just seeing her patient exactly brutally commit suicide, but there's also her and her sister obviously are having a. a she has a sister they their mother committed suicide when they were younger um so that's kind of the catalyst of her whole life that sent her into mental health care in the first place um you know yeah and you get the idea that maybe her sister wasn't around as much um and she was forced to kind of take care of her mother she mentions how her mother had like problems with mental illness and mm-hmm was you know unstable uh and as the film goes on you kind of get more and more of this tragic backstory right uh, that the you know these two girls had to deal with this their their mother who was just you know losing it yeah and it does feel kind of real in the sense that it it, not necessarily real like but it, it that's a pretty reasonable um motivation for a young person uh, to enter healthcare fields mm-hmm. it happens to a lot of people people you're around sickness when you're younger that becomes kind of like a, a a capstone or a cornerstone of of something that's important to you 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 tend to pursue medical fields something like that i, I hadn't know. heard that that's cool little yeah i mean you know it's certainly not everybody but it's not un, it's not uncommon and even if it's completely untrue it makes <laughs> it makes sense as a cinematic motivation yeah yeah which is all i care about i i think i'm gonna start prefacing more statements with and even if everything i just said is a lie completely yeah exactly (laughs) because the important part isn't whether it's true or not the important part is whether it makes sense it's to uh, a film's character it's uh what do they call that verisimilitude yep exactly it's it's, verisimilitude um yeah that as long as it as long as it makes, as long as the motivation makes sense, mm-hmm. I'm fine with it. That's all I need. That's yeah. all I ask for is for characters to have um, believable, reasonable motivations. Uh, and I've said that on almost every episode of this podcast. Um, and the 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 scene with her sister has uh, another one of my favorite scenes in the film, uh, and also, or the whole the whole you know sort of act. I guess you would say that you know between her and her sister. Mm-hmm. Um, where she goes to her nephew's birthday party and kind of, you know, starts seeing things there. Yeah. Has a freak out, uh, ends up 
um, accidentally or intentionally or, you know, because of the entity or whatever, wrapping up uh, her dead cat and giving it to her nephew. Yep, that was wild. That was, uh, that was what's so funny, I didn't see that coming at all. <laughs> it literally didn't even occur to me. Man, I watched too many horror movies because I was like, the second she has the package and she gives it to him, I'm like, cat's in the package. Wow. Because, <laughs> you know what, the, the talk, uh, I was off camera, I was telling Andres about a very talkative couple in my theater, <laughs> yeah. and uh, right after after that moment, I heard, not the woman, the woman was the one that talked the most, but this time it was the dude, and he goes, he goes, I knew it was going to be that cat the whole time. <laughs> And then it wasn't until he said that when it even occurred to me. It was like, oh, I, I'm the only, I might be the only guy that this worked on. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, cat. It's, it's fun, though. I think even if you know something like that's coming, there's that, you can still have fun with it because you're yeah. like, oh, am I right? You know? I was too busy. I was too busy scribbling jokes because <laughs> the sister goes, you know, she's like, if you want to buy your nephew a present, he loves electric trains. And then I just wrote on my notes, my son le- loves electric trains because he's from the 40s. Like... <laughs> No, it's, it's it's weird for, you know, you'd think a kid now would be into like video games or Fortnite yeah. or something, you know, yeah. Fortnite or, or Minecraft or it could something. Be, yeah, it could be literally anything else but this old timey <laughs> electric train. Where do you even train. get an electric train anymore? Apparently nowhere because I'm starting to question that entire sequence where she goes and buys the train. Was that all hallucination? That's tough to say. There's a lot of, uh, they play pretty fast and loose in this movie with, with hallucinations yeah we don't know what's a real scene what's not there's a lot of like i don't know it's almost it almost gets into like ally mcbeal territory where she plays out this entire hallucination scene and then she snaps back to wherever she was oh yeah yeah which was a big thing and uh you know ally mcbeal was the only sitcom i know that was like famous for it uh but also uh Oh, I guess it would have. I guess Dumb and Dumber also did it. <laughs> they had. Yeah. They, they had these like visions of beating the hell out of somebody. And then I mean, it, they it, did it in Twilight. Oh, I never saw Twi- the movie Twilight. Yeah, they I haven't Twilight. seen those yet, but I'm going um, to because that's my two favorite actors. One, one of my favorite horror movies, actually, they do do something similar to that. Um, and we'll talk about it when we get to talking about that scene. But, um, the the birthday party, the two scenes I wanted to talk about specifically in the birthday party, my my favorite scene and the scene that kind of bothered me. Okay. Uh, the scene that kind of bothered me, um, was and I thought uh this was a this was a fun scene, but after I saw it, I was like, man, it feels like I've seen this before. But it's the scene where she goes back into her car after talking to her sister, and you see her sister come out uh, and start walking towards the car, um, and you're like, oh, she's gonna, you know. They, they just had an argument. She's like, oh, she's going to reconcile or something. And she comes. Or knocks, another confrontation. Another confrontation. Yeah. yeah. She knocks on the window. Uh, and then when Rose looks at her, her head drops down. Yeah. Her neck snaps. Her neck snaps. Her, her, her head's head just dangling. Is yeah. dangling. Yeah. Um, and I love that scene. I, you know. I thought, yeah, that definitely got me. And I realized the reason I like that scene is because it is almost the exact copy of another shot from a movie that came out in 2020 called Terrified. An Argentinian film. Okay. <laughs> um, where there's a group of paranormal researcher, researchers that are trying to figure out these, you know, uncover these demons that have taken up residence in this neighborhood. It's a fun movie. It's actually really good. But uh, there's a scene where a guy goes to his car and you see a woman 
who you thought was dead walking out to the car towards him uh-huh. and then when she gets closer her head drops down below the window and you see her broken neck okay uh, it's a very similar scene interesting uh yeah so you think that you think that could have been borrowed <laughs> i think it maybe was borrowed um you know it's it's not it's it's different enough it's not like you know the exact same shot but it's very similar uh and it's just <laughs> i've I've got another, I don't know if it's, I don't know how, whether the scene, the, the framing or anything was that borrowed, but the, but the, the content was, I mean, straight from it. So she's revisiting her, uh, her patient. She's revisiting her session with the patient that killed herself and she doesn't have video, but she has audio. Yeah. And so she's got her headphones on. First of all, this woman loves considering all this scary shit this woman loves having all the lights off in her house all the lights off in her house like one light she's a very lights off headphones on type of woman which is not not an ideal type of person not an ideal archetype all right lady for the the circumstances (laughs) you find yourself in uh but anyway so she's listening intently in in her headphones to the audio of the the suicide that she witnessed and I'm thinking it's like this is like blowout. This is this is Travolta and blowout, listening over and over and over again, like kind of driving herself crazy. Uh, which blowout's an incredible movie. <laughs> you talked about blowout actually in the last episode. Did I really? That we did together. At oh least. shit! Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up a lot. A tradition. No, no, I I, I have to see it. I, I have. You'd love it. it. You'd love it. It's great. Um, it's really really good. But I just that scene of like listening to audio you know headphones on darkened room and then something happens it like freaks freaks her out give me uh i don't know if you ever saw the film uh sinister but i, I was uh-huh. getting sort of some sinister vibes from that that scene as well too okay another good another great horror film uh and so that was ne- broken neck was the scene that you loved oh, or, bo- or bothered you so both? that was the one i bo- that bothered me the one i liked uh, is comes directly right after that where sh- this happens and then she's in her car sort of screaming uh-huh. uh, and they do a fun thing where they show you the nephew sitting in the house watching her freak out i like that and too. he's freaking out uh and i think that was fun because this movie borrows from a lot of of other horror movies mm-hmm. and then that's my big problem with it spoiler for okay. my eventual right. feelings about no, it no get into it yeah um but that scene i think is one of the more fun uh one of the more sort of um, scenes that's more identifies with this movie in particular, and in particular the idea of passing trauma on to the people around you. Yes. Well, um, I mean that's that's. I mean that's the that is the central theme that's the of the core it. core premise. But it's great because this is like this isn't trauma. This is an evil demon trauma that she's giving to this kid. He's just seeing her freaking out, and that's yeah. freaking him out. You know. Right. I I like that too. I like that too. I thought that was gonna. I honestly thought that was gonna play in bigger. I thought they were going to go from the when I, so you're seeing this boy looking out through the window. He sees his aunt, who previously destroyed his birthday party. She's now in her car after fighting with his mom, and he sees her just hitting the steering wheel and screaming and shaking and going. And he's just watching this. And first of all, obviously, not you know he's not going to be happy about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it it that's the kind of thing that can damage you know, or not even damage a kid, but it's his ninth birthday. He doesn't even understand these depths of human emotions that are capable. 
but also I thought, all right, that's the that's going to be the next thing. I mean, this is before we figured out exactly how it was uh, transmitted. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, somehow, some way, it we're going from. I I was convinced that they're going to pass it to the boy at some point. Ah, uh, the boy. I yes. thought I thought we're we're going from the beset upon woman to our next victims are going to be even more of a sympathetic figure, which is a child. Was a child. That, I thought they were going to go a, that way. Honestly, that could have been a fun wrinkle. I could have I could have seen that being uh, interesting. It could have. It 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 uh it could have. We could talk about how how that might have happened at the end. <laughs> If uh, we'll write our own fanfic for the movie, yeah. Well, I mean, so at, at the very end, instead of you know, because it's it's her childhood home. There, we know there's an APB out looking for this missing woman. Mm-hmm. She went crazy. Doctor called, you know, all this kind of stuff. Nobody knows where she went except maybe her sister. So sister, husband, and the kid. Let's drive out to mom's house. Maybe she's out there having a breakdown. Mm-hmm. Kid opens the door first, gets the gets then, the. Then he sees the ending scene, yeah. As opposed to as opposed to the character that did. That's a that'd be a dick wad way of doing it, <laughs> but you know it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I'm looking through my notes. Some of them are only funny to me. Uh, those are the sometimes those are the best kind of notes. Yeah. Any any so anyway, we what we've discovered or what our protagonist has discovered is that we're getting um she only has a few days. She's gonna be she's gonna be haunted by this monster until she kills herself, and then when she does kill herself, whoever she is around is gonna witness it and then they're gonna catch it. Yeah. So, you know, we we've we're sort of learning the rules of, you know, the rules of the game, the mm-hmm. rules of the monster. Uh, it needs to have someone see its last, you know, victim kill themselves in order to be passed on to them. Right. Um, Which is a hell of a, a hell of a scenario. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool because it's like the movie's about trauma, which is great because it's, 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 it's like not only when you see this thing, you know, when you see this thing, you pick up some trauma, but you also pick up a demon like, yeah. you know, which is which is fun, you know, and it's kind of like it follows, you know, you're 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 picking up something that right that uh, is now attached to you. Yeah. I'll also say I got to I got to the conclusion a lot faster than Dr. Rose got to her conclusion, because what she says, she it takes her a long time to figure out. Yeah. Oh, well, I can just end this whole thing. If I kill myself, if I kill myself by myself, where nobody else is around, then this thing is this thing is powerless. It can't hop to anybody else. Mm-hmm. I came up with that plan instantly. But yeah. I'm already I'm constantly like oh, I'm, I'll I'll just kill myself <laughs> if, if so, you know if I'm having a bad day I'm like I might just drive this one off a cliff I don't even care but I immediately thought of that I was like well just I was like what's the big deal just go kill yourself when nobody's around. Um, or I also thought of the funny, what made me, I was laughing in the theaters thinking about, um, the great, there's a great Nick Swartzen joke. Nick Swartzen is a comedian. He was from, mm-hmm. uh, he was on Reno 911 yeah. as Terry and roller skates. Um, great, great standup comic. And he had a joke where he, he had a joke about committing suicide in public. He's like, I would never commit suicide, but if I did, I would go into a super crowded public place 
with a gun and I would go, I would yell at the top of my lungs, who fucking farted? And then I would blow my brains out in front of everybody. <laughs> and then everybody would see it and everybody's initial reaction would be like, oh my God, cover your nose. Somebody <laughs> farted. That dude killed himself. Like, and just having a, it just, he'd, he'd be like, yeah, just thousands of people all talking about it. And that's such a crazy, such a funny thing to shout right before you do it. And I was like, that'd be sick. How funny would it be to do that in this movie? In this movie. And now hundreds of people have this demon. Give everybody the yeah, demon. Now yeah. We're, now we're really fucking up this, you know, the food chain. <laughs> yeah. No, it's without its natural, natural predators. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just like, it's just too, now everybody's got a, one of these smile demons. Uh, humanity will be gone in, you know, like eight weeks. Yeah, it's you like uh, it's like when they put the ring video on the internet and uh, <laughs> yeah, the like the ring three or whatever, right. whenever that happened. Did that really? Did that happen? It happens in one of them, I think. I've also never seen those. Oh yeah, yeah, but yeah, putting the ring video on TikTok and just get seven hundred million <laughs> hits and just everybody in the country, everybody in the world is dead in a week. That would be funny, um, or sad or whatever. <laughs> That's the fun thing about horror movies is that like in any other situation people dying is is of course very sad yeah. but in a horror movie it can be you know a joke. Well it's be- yeah especially if it's in a charming way. <laughs> yeah. Uh but yeah I was like just go kill yourself somewhere else. And you know obviously you're not going to make it but you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, the horror movie protagonist in this movie especially could could have solved everything by just killing themselves in a in a uh, before the before the monster or the smile monster makes them but yeah that's the human will to survive you know that's true well they also nobody else except for that one dude in prison had done the research that she had he was the one that let let her know which i also i thought they should have gone further down this road but the one guy that survived this chain of 20 suicides Week suicide week suicide four days suicide the one guy that survived it he killed somebody else he did some quick research and figured it out because mm-hmm. he found one of these chains that happened 20 years ago in South America but he's like I can also I can also get rid of it by killing somebody else as long as it's in front of another person yeah so I can instead of killing myself in front of one person there's got to be three of us in a room and I got to kill one of them and then that, and then the the third party gets it. I don't know how he figured that out. It's a hell of a gamble to take. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if you're gonna get die in a horrible way anyway, um, and he's, uh, I guess, just happy to ha- would rather go to prison than yeah. That's the other thing for is, life than deal with this this thing. You're happier to just leave it. I don't know. You're going to jail for life. You definitely leave tech. You definitely leave the South if you're doing that. <laughs> because you got to be like, I got to get to a state where they don't execute prisoners. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you got to you got to leave town. I don't know where this. You know, they might be in. They might be in Massachusetts. He might be safe. They're in. It looks like Northeast something. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought maybe it was, uh, like a like a Canadian city. Oh, okay. That's I I wasn't sure what city that they were in, but yeah, but they, I don't know. They never told us. They don't. Yeah, they might show it a little bit, but oh, it definitely wasn't a Canadian city because Kumar is giving her shit about the patent. patient. Oh not yeah, you're insurance. right. In Canada, that wouldn't be yeah, an issue. it wouldn't even be you're a problem. Right. Yeah, so in Canada, this movie would be very short. They'd yeah, be like, and everyone got all the help they needed. Yeah, <laughs> we had 
Yeah, everybody went to the hospital. Everybody got med- prescriptions at a reasonable rate, and uh, everybody was fine. That's why they don't get smile demons up in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got that. And then, uh, yeah, so anyway, she goes back to her childhood home to confront this demon. It's just me and you, demon. Um, and then right as she she thinks she's going to win she loses <laughs> yeah yeah and so they do a fun uh fa- another fake out um yeah a fake out escape which that's that's also a little bit of a horror movie trope mm-hmm. um i don't think it was too bad in this because i feel like that's a, a vague enough like you know the hero thinks they're out but they're not i legitimately again i fell for it every time i'm as dumb as it gets because i'm like i thought it, i believed it i thought she I thought she crushed. I thought You're she like she it. beat the monster. She's, yeah, she's done. She beat the monster. I honestly thought here's what I would have loved is she beats the monster. She goes back. Now she has to like put her life back together. Her fiance is done with her. She's, <laughs> I mean, she's, fuck she's, that dude. She's, he's the most useless. He's not a very compelling part of this film. He's he's supportive in. In, in in he would be supportive and a good fiance in a world where there wasn't really a smile demon. Yes, exactly. And I was actually having this debate with some mutual friends of ours right after the film last night, and I was like, to a so she has a fiance, even though she spends most of the film with her ex boyfriend cop. Uh, she does have a fiance, who, um, is trying to understand. He is trying to help. He's trying to help in a very what women would say a very manly, a very masculine way of like, you got a problem? Let me just solve it. She's like, no, I just need you to listen to my crazy monster woman bullshit. Yeah. And, and, and I just want you to empathize. And, but she, the, she, there is a line in there about her, you know, that she mentions to her ex-boyfriend in a moment of vulnerability there. She does mention that she tends to, she tends to erect walls around her in her interpersonal relationships. Mm-hmm. That's what ended her relationship with the ex-boyfriend. The, the, cause he wasn't okay with it. The new fiance is, seems fine with it. That's actually part of it. They have this perpetual distance between them mm-hmm. because, uh, she is always emotionally distant and he's either too dumb to notice or he's also fine with it. He, yeah. He's he, a, he's a kind of a, like a fair weather friend, right? Like he's fine as everything, as long as everything's fine. And she's even says that to yeah, him at one point, I think she does. And in a very unfair, I don't know. I, again, we don't see much of their relationship. We don't no, get to see much of this really. guy. Uh, I didn't think her criticism of him was particularly fair. I also yeah. I mean, he's a, he is just trying to help. I mean, he, yes. What if if someone in my life came up to me and was like, "I'm seeing a demon," I'm like, "I'll get you help." <laughs> well, that's the that's the that's the other thing. That's what you know. The uh, the the friends I watched this movie with were all women. And of course, they not of course, but of course they had a very they had a very like woman perspective of like he should have just listened. And it's like yeah, we know that now. But also we know that, yeah. Yeah, but all, but also, don't forget it's the real life version of this is if 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 I go to my mom or if I go to my parents, I'm like I'm seeing wild, I'm seeing wild demons, like they're coming to get me. 
blah, blah, blah. All this kind of stuff happens. My parents' responsibility to best take care of me as the only people in my life that are capable of taking care of me. Because I'm not capable of taking care of myself if I'm legitimately having these kinds of visions. Mm-hmm. Is they have to they have to do something I'm I'm no longer I've given up my I've given up my like uh, my autonomy cre- yeah my, I've given up my credibility I can't be like I'm seeing demons everywhere anyway I gotta run I'm doing <laughs> fine I'm taking care of myself it's, you know me and the demons whatever it's like ha- I'm seeing demons but I figured it out I'll be back like it's like have like having a bad roommate it's not what that is <laughs> you're when you're saying that to somebody that cares for you you're signaling to them like this person isn't capable of taking care of themselves <laughs> and i as the person who loves them more than anyone in the world i have to i i'm in charge of taking care of them now and what she sh- what a person should do is like submit to that yeah you i, I you know what's best i'm going to trust that you know what's best because i love and trust you and i i can't trust myself yeah that's what would be the that's what would be easiest but people don't want to do that <laughs> people don't want to give up on on they, people oh, they all think that they know what's best yeah i mean in this in this situation though of course she is right i mean i guess yeah there really is a smile demon that's uh, true <laughs> again that's why it's not a fair it's yeah. not it's, it's not a fair in retrospect of course that's why that's kind of what i don't like couch, couching it as like a mental health study or this whole topic because people come out of this film talking about this is why mental health is such an important conversation to have <laughs> that's why the nfl has to do mental health awareness week and everybody everybody on the field has to wear fucking green socks or whatever the mental health color is it's all this it's all this kind of like performative shit but the and it, it's in this movie but the real life version of it is not Oh, just believe believe people that say they're seeing demons. <laughs> no, yeah, that if that's the that's shouldn't be a lesson that anyone takes yeah. away from this this or any film. Yeah, she isn't right. She, it, <laughs> she's lucky. She's in a horror film where she gets to be right. Well, she's I wouldn't call her lucky. Hey, but be, being right's the most important thing. <laughs> all right, everybody knows that. Yeah, so I don't care what kind of demon kills me as long as I was right about it. As long as I get to say I told you so. <laughs> Um, the film's twist, uh, well, twist, one of the big reveals of the film takes place mm-hmm. at, in the family home, um, yeah. where we learn that, uh, her mother was losing it and had at one point, uh, taken a bunch of sleeping pills, mm-hmm. overdosed um, on drugs, yeah. overdosed on drugs and yeah, like what probably perpetuates or whatever and, uh, was dying mm-hmm. and asking for her help and she just you know essentially let her mother die as as a child like i'm not i'm not saying it's her fault but it's like the idea is that this you know this is what happened and this is the guilt that she's hanging on to and why she can't not help people so right which exactly and i honestly thought after watching that i found it a little weak i i didn't see that part as that big thing I didn't even it didn't even it took me a little while to connect the dots that oh she blames herself for this or mm. whatever because a couple things one you just see her walk away or run away so yeah at first you're like well she could be running to a phone but 
the other thing, the thing I thought is like, oh, well, it's, a, it's too late, and B, she's a scared child. She doesn't even know how to deal with this. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the mom, you know, I get mom was mom saying like, call nine one one, get an ambulance out here, make sure they yeah. have our address. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It, it was it was just like, get me some help, and she runs away scared from her mom who who looks like ashen and and bony faced and you know just a, a withering a, a husk of a of a person yeah so again i didn't even i didn't necessarily that didn't hit home for me too much as like oh it's it's her fault her mom dies that didn't even occur to me until she said it about herself or it that yeah the smile demon played it you know threw it in her face threw it at her towards the end and i was like i don't know i'm watching it Again, if I'm in her position, smile demons throwing it at me. I was like, no, it's not my fault. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing is, and 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 interestingly, as as audience members, we we really can sympathize with her. And like you're saying, like it's not her fault. Like she's a kid. Like that's not yeah. the kid's job to you know save their their overdosing uh, mother. And and also like, you know, at this point, her mother has become a monster to her. You yeah, know? and she's and and she's uh, you know probably like. Un, you know right. maybe a little selfishly but understandably like wants this ordeal to be over 100% what good was this mom going to be if she wakes up from this this if if she if the overdose was unsuccessful she's back she comes back she's what she's turning over a new leaf she's like you know this, she, it, it was the end of the line I could tell in a very few you know quick number of seconds I give up quickly <laughs> I was like this is too much uh, yeah yeah well you know and I think the important thing though is is not so much how you know we see it but how she sees it too like she's she's been blamed herself for this thing that happened with her mother the right. entire time unfairly to herself yeah she shouldn't have blamed herself she should have been she could have just not done that and then you know wouldn't have been in this position you know and she and she figures it out and uh has some great closure just in time to be <laughs> yeah <laughs> killed by a, a horrifying monster well and now let's get to so we briefly mentioned men earlier and i mentioned i didn't love the ending of it mm. and we'll and for the same reason i didn't love the ending of this well i i don't like the monster Oh, you didn't like the monster design. Yeah, I don't like to see the monster at oh at all ever. Interesting, well, interesting. I, I yeah, I don't. Maybe not never, but for the most part, she's having these visions. She's having these hallucinations. It's very scary. And then her mom gets out of bed, and then then the mom is ten feet tall, and feet five foaming through the house, feet five foaming through the house, and it's just like okay, well now I. Now it's just now you're fighting a monster. Mm. Now I'm just like, well, hopefully Geralt shows up with his sword and cuts the monster's head off. Like there's, it, it does take it, yeah, to a slightly different because the 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 thing which we're just calling the smile demon, yeah, uh, has uh, has spoken to her before, mm -hmm. here and there, in the course of the last week. In the course of the week, but it really is just like it's like she's there with it, and right. they're both, you know. It's well, talking now, to her. Yeah, now they're having a conversation. It went from it went from whisper again. She's she's doing the blowout. She's she's intently on her headphones. She thinks she hears a whisper of something. She sees the demon. She's she's hearing whispers. She's hearing stuff like that. And now she's standing in front of an eight foot tall monster who is just they're just having a conversation with each other. At that point, it's like oh, it's no long. I'm no longer being. 
I'm no longer being hunted by something I can't really see. I'm face to face. It's now a wrestling match. I'm face to face with something, and I'm way less scared of a. Bo- I'm way less scared of a boxing match than I am of like I might get shot out of the blue. You know, that's those two things are less are are way different. And so when I see the monster and I see her, they're in this face off. They're shouting at each other. It's not my fault. You'd love to smile. <laughs> Whatever the hell they're saying, I'm just like. You know, okay, well, now that now that there's a now that we have isolated the monster at this point, you kick one of the ghostbusters traps out and <laughs> and catch it. That's the thing it's it's only a scary ghost when it's hiding in the walls. The, once we have it in the beams, we can just capture it. We mm-hmm. know how that works, yeah, that the I mean, the least scary part of any horror movie, or you know, not the least scary part, but the the a lot of times when 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 you see a monster, it kind of loses some of that magic and it. I think so, yeah, and and then of course the monster, monster design again. We're still in spoilers, folks, uh, but the monster rips off its skin, and then it's got a, then it's just like you can see the muscle, and it has a bunch of mouths. Yeah, it's like smiles on smiles. I thought that was fun. It was cool. I mean, again, it, it's cool looking. It's an interesting monster design, but and I like the implication of that of like it's the smiles of every person that it's killed. Yeah, it just keeps killing people, and it and it keeps taking their teeth, and and it so it has like. You know, it has like forty, or it has like twenty rows of mouths. Like a yeah, it's, if, it's cool. It's if the cool. xenomorph from Alien had kept having little mouths all the way down, I think that might have been a Family Guy joke. <laughs> I think that was a Family Guy joke. Oh, where, where it's like a mouth and then another the, the, mouth, and, and, then, then, and then, the, then the very last one just latches onto a straw and drinks a cocktail, like in a in a bar. <laughs> yeah, or something. I think that was a Family Guy joke. Um, but that's that's what it looks like to me. And again, once you're face to face with a tangible monster that's just right there it's like well now i'm not scared anymore uh personally that's why most of my the horror movies i like the most are ones where people are the thing that's why i loved x and pearl there's nothing super there's nothing supernatural about that our villain is a human being and just like in real life just like every villain we do have is a human being yeah (laughs) and and they you, you can't tell there's never a time when it's like is this a person or a or is this a monster? We genuinely can't tell because we we can't tell on the surface if somebody's a monster or not, unless they have a unless they have a particular mustache <laughs> or a particular symbol on their arm or forehead. There's no way to really tell if someone's a monster. Mm-hmm. Anybody could be. That's why that always kind of resonates more with me. I think that I think that a monster like the smile monster, like the smile demon or, you know, something like the monster from it follows. Mm-hmm. It gets scarier the less you know about it, you know? So yeah. like, uh, and I like that they did that with this. They didn't, you know, there's no scene where they're in a library and they're like the ancient smile demon gaboogle, you know, like, yeah. you know, we, uh, we have to do this ritual to banish him, you know, and they have like a picture or like an old woodcut of, of a demon or whatever. Um, so they left it, they left it ambiguous. I think they could have done less. I think they could have shown it a little less, you know, maybe just brief flashes. I think you can have a lot of fun if you just kind of give a hint of what something looks like, you know, and then let people's imaginations run wild with it. That's the same thing at the end of that movie, men, once it's, once it's giving birth to these just (laughs) deformed monsters in slow motion. I like, I like that part. It's interesting. It's visually compelling, but that's. As a as a guy who was scared, as a film theater, so it as a, drew it out, of, drew you out of it. I, I'm no longer like, well, I can run away from this. 
I could run away from a slow moving. Uh, this dude goes four feet and gives birth to a smaller, weirder version of himself, and then goes another four feet. I can get away from that. I can get away from that snail easily. That's the <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. So I even wrote like never show the monster that clearly. Um. I. <laughs> this is a mean one. I'm not going to say that. Uh. The uh, the fake out. The uh, the we, fake we, out. we talked a little bit about it. Yeah, we um, have the fake out. I only wrote the only note I wrote about it was the Stallone slash Arnold walk away from the explosion because <laughs> the way she kills the way she kills the monsters by covering it in the 1850s oil lamp oil, mm-hmm. and then the whole play the whole house is exploding. And she's slow motion walking back to her car <laughs> like a badass. And I was like, okay, that's... You're like, all right, all right. And then she gets in her... And then we have... Then the whole fake out sequence happens. So that's fine. Um, but anyway, yeah. She actually ends up pouring that gasoline on herself. Yeah. she She's, she's uh, I guess, taken over by the monster. Yeah. Uh, just as her ex-boyfriend batters down the door. Yep. Ex-boyfriend cop. He finally figured out where she went to go hide because he was looking for her. She's, she thinks she's going to kill herself by herself. This dude shows up just in time to see it and have it be passed on to him. And the final shot of the movie is her burning alive, reflected in his eyes. Reflected in his eyes. I thought, I man, I was like, you might have time to grab the matches. Just try. Just try to grab the matches from her, bro. Yeah, you might have time to do something. <laughs> he just stands there. I, I mean, had, he's clearly yeah. shocked, you know, but... I, I had a I had a thought, because we learned from our imprisoned... We learned from our incarcerated friend that the way you can... The way you can uh, get rid of this is by killing somebody in front of somebody else. So my initial thought is like, hey, he's a cop. He's probably kill somebody tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be on a bunch of people's cell phone footage. Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll kill somebody tomorrow... <laughs> It'll go to a bunch of people, and then he'll still get off anyway, so he won't have to go to prison. He'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, he's going to shoot like an unarmed black man at yeah. the next traffic stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, he's going to be chill. <laughs> yeah. It, so he's he's in no... He's not even stressing it's this. too realistic. <laughs> um, the other... Uh, well, I guess we can... Unless you have anything else you think it's going to be spoiler-ish. No, I don't think so. Cool. So we're going to end spoilers right here. And then... Uh, end with a couple last thoughts and then I guess our recommendations um, I would say moral of the story don't hang out with your ex <laughs> yeah moral of the story um, don't hang out with your ex if someone says there's a demon they're telling the truth yeah <laughs> um, yeah it's you know it's it's tough he obviously is like loves her wants her back but I don't know. This isn't true. I just wrote a joke. If like, if my ex girlfriend calls me on fire, I'm just hanging up. Like, there's nothing. I, there's nothing I can do to help. I'm not the guy that should be helping. <laughs> They're not going to come to you and say, "Hey, listen, I need your. I'm yeah. getting chased by a, a drums demon. Yeah, <laughs> I need you to do. I need you to research. <laughs> I need you to research. I need you to research all the uh, the the demon rhythms. It's like, look, I don't. <laughs> that have to- sounds like a cool movie. That actually is kind of cool. Like you play the you play a certain you play, you. You play the forbidden. Ah, it's kind of cheesy. You, pl- you play the forbidden pattern, and that summons the. That summons. Yeah, you could do that with like certain. You could do the. You could make that. It would just be disrespectful, but you could make that with certain religious. Because oh, there are yeah. there are like religious ceremonies, in like Cuba and other uh, like Latin American countries and in Africa, of course, where different rhythms are like uh, correspondent to different deities. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that's what, that's what like Santeria is all about. Oh, so, yeah, so yeah. You, you play patterns for Yemaya, or you play patterns for Ochun, and, and all these different, like... That's really cool. ...deities that... They were African, like, gods, and then they became, you know, the Spanish, like, imposed Christianity on them, so they're like, okay, you're calling... These are our saints mm-hmm. in the Spanish. Like, oh, that's cool. You can have yeah. saints. You can have saints, and it's just... It's kind of a backdoor to keeping their old tradition. But I wouldn't know how to... I wouldn't know how to write that without it being, like... <laughs> Just like, dude, are you just... Yeah, that might not be our story to tell. Yeah, you're just disrespecting, like, these people's religion. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I did get my Geralt reference in, so that's good. <laughs> good. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, once you've seen the monster, it's like, just call the Witcher. He could do it. <laughs> it. It did look a little bit like a monster that would be on the Witcher. Yeah, it looked a lot like it. Um, yeah, so that's that's about everything I, I had. Um I mean, we don't, you know, the like like we kind of mentioned. This isn't a spoiler, but the, you know, fiance is is kind of a non entity. He's not too crucial. No, no. Um, yeah, he's sort of a he. He's sort of in and out. Kind yeah. of plays the cliche. They're, they're right. Clueless boyfriend. Plenty of plenty of like emotional distance between the two of them. They didn't really connect, and they couldn't go on this journey together. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, so you mentioned this movie borrowed a lot. Uh, you you said you were telegraphing some of your real feelings. <laughs> I'm getting the I'm getting the impression that you didn't love this. I didn't love it. Uh, no, uh, I thought it was fun. I had a fun time watching it. Um, I think honestly, there's so many so many. Let's be charitable and call them homages to other horror films. Uh-huh. That it's could be a, actually it's a fun movie to watch as a horror aficionado, and it's fun. It's a fun, scary movie for people to watch. I don't think anybody's going to be talking about it in twenty years. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's the culmination of all of these art house movies. You know, we've, we're entered a point where someone's like, someone can say like, let's make a movie all about a monster where the monster's really trauma. And that gets a real wide theatrical release, you know. And that's I mean, and that's not just like an indie art house movie. That's this is like a yeah, you know. Well, this that's is a big movie. That's true. This, you know, what that that this movie is. This movie is almost what they were parodying in Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Mm. Did you see that? I haven't yet. I want to. It's the same thing I mentioned earlier. You know, the kind of overuse. I I think the I personally think the the proliferation of psychological talk into like everyday speak i think it's really i think it's bad um i kind of i i hate the way a lot of discussion is nowadays especially with regards to uh this pseudo psychology and and all kinds of stuff oh like you know i hold very little regard for psychology in general but uh um the fact that it's become so pervasive and it's watered down and people misuse things and, and well everyone's using you know buzzwords or yeah, it's know, all jargon trauma, yeah. trauma dumping or yep. you know yeah uh um uh, and the way people like talk about stuff like you know on social media tiktok and twitter and other places it's especially um it, it's especially i don't know it's it's i think it's a bad thing um so yeah Bodies, bodies, bodies. I thought was really. I mean, it was funny. It was really. It was good, and I I loved the way that they were like satirizing the these the way people talk, and this kind of uh, this 
this distance, this this corporate like uh uh this corporate inhumane speak that people use. And there's mm. there's not a lot of humanity once once we once we address everything as like yeah, it's all the underlying psychological whatever, which again is I most, mostly bullshit. Um, it's it's in a it's a way to maintain distance, and it's it's a way to to be less engaged as a human with somebody else. Mm. <clears throat> um, so I thought Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was good about that, and then this movie is that same. This movie is the the opposite. The opposite. <laughs> it's taking like what if what if trauma actually was uh, yeah the thing that was hurting this us. Trauma is not just a monster. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean it's the it's like. This grief, mo- grief in the Babadook or you know a lot of these others where it's like yeah the monster is a stand-in for a very you know a very real monster right yeah um, greed like you know the uh, the big green monster is yeah e- eating me up you know so anyway it, I thought it was interesting I liked it I don't love the jump scares because I'm I'm like, I'm gonna be honest I'm fucking so susceptible to them <laughs> I am such a baby. So I'm very susceptible to them, and then all the fake jump scares and all that kind of stuff. I don't love that kind of thing. I also I just don't I don't love what we talked about at the, at the end. You know, never yeah, ne- yeah. you know. Um, but I would still I still think if you're a person who loves being scared, I, this movie's great for you. Yeah, it's 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 fun, and it's definitely passable. It's not it's not gonna win any awards in my book but i'm like i'd show it to people again you okay know, i'd so you, watch it again so you'd recommend it yeah i'd recommend it all right then i'll i'll, I'll do the same uh, i always go binary i do recommend it or i don't i'll uh, that's uh, fair yeah, yeah i because i that's just the way i speak to people i'll I, my my first co-host my buddy steven he was a numbers guy he's like i'd give it a six or a five and mm. first of all i hated his numbers because he would, <laughs> he would give something you know oh, this movie's a six it's not that good but Godfather Two is a seven. Like how dare you know? <laughs> how dare you put those two? His numbers were just not right. Uh, but I also, if if somebody asked me, oh, should I see that movie? I'll, I'm not gonna be like six. Again, like, I, <laughs> I'm gonna say yes or no. So that's yeah. what I want to do. But if you have another way to express yourself, no, I listen. This is this is uh, that's a great way to say it. Because I will say I will say see it. You know, I won't lie about my reservations about that I have about you know it being a, a great film or whatever. But it's uh, but I definitely would recommend it. Yeah. Uh yeah, I'd say check it out. I I thought it was I thought it was interesting enough. If you are not a huge horror fan, you're not going to recognize any of these cliche tropes that bother our expert over here. Uh, so and if you are a horror fan, you can have a really good time pointing them all out to your friends and sounding really smart. There you go. And it, yeah, and if you go into it being like, yeah, this dude made a love letter to horror movies and he just borrowed all theirs. You know, I thought the one scene where they got attacked by birds was a little weird and. Uh, Oh shit! Yeah, gosh. And, and then the the other scene where uh, he he the smile monster grabs an axe and hit, hits the door and it sticks its head in and smiles real big. You know, <laughs> here's the demon. Here's Smiley. Yeah, I, yeah. Here's Smiley. I thought that was a little. I thought that was a little cliche, <laughs> but you know, again, I'm I'm no expert. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> totally forgot about those scenes. Yeah, and thanks then, for reminding me. Uh. Yeah, I, I can't even think of enough horror movies. I already used my two references. <laughs> Those were your two? Yeah. Those are the two horror movies I know. There's I that part where in the very end, the smile monster grabs a big barrel and she says, smile, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Yep. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, the, that we talked about that one fake ending, but there's the other fake ending where she gets into her spaceship in her underwear and flies away. <laughs> and she's like, I made it. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm going to freeze myself. And then she freezes herself and wakes up and she's back in the fight. Uh, anyway, folks, we could go on for, he could go on forever. I've got two more in me, so we'll call it, we'll call it here before we both run out. Um, yeah, go check out smile. Thanks again. Once again for watching, uh, uh, let's get trashed after dark in the after dark studios. Um, uh, my buddy Andres, anything you? Thanks for having me. You know, All right, that's that's it. Thanks I'm for thanks happy for, to do this anytime. Please, we're gonna do plenty more. Thanks for doing it again with me, buddy. Um, as always, you can follow me Instagram uh, at Get Trashed Pod at Get Trashed Pod on Twitter at Let's Get Trashed. I don't even remember. You can find it's very findable. Um, same thing at Nictazo on Twitter. All that kind of stuff. Thanks everybody. Uh, have a great night.